Monday, May 31st. It's a Monday and it's grappy hour. And it's not Monday. It's actually Tuesday. See, that's how say, messed up I am. Lily, I I'm so, so heavily messed up. It is Tuesday. Tuesday, it's grappy hour, 5 p.m. Eastern. And we're here and we're having a drink. And I have a little bit of potential heat stroke, but I feel good. And Lily, how are you feeling? Um, I am not heat stroked because um, unlike you, I have central air. So I'm very privileged in that, right? Um, but I did, so I've been just training really hard lately. Um, so my drink today is a classic mm. yellow Gatorade. Um, and is, I, I'm also feeling the heat. Is yellow like your go-to Gatorade flavor? Not necessarily, because there's some regional Gatorades that are pretty crazy. Like down in the States, you can get like a cucumber one. Um, and there's some other flavors that aren't widely available um, in Toronto or Ontario. But usually I go for the classics, which I think this was the original. Um, and then red. There's also a green apple one that's pretty good, too. Oh, I've never tried that one. Mm -hmm. If I, I walk into a Dollarama, first one I'm trying, I'm getting a blue one. I'm all about the blue okay. Gatorade. Blue is yeah. great too. It's understated. Yeah. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Blue drink, it's always good when you drink blue drink. I think so. And I'm, I'm when chugging I, water. I'm just chugging When I used water. to uh, like go out a lot more than I do now, because now all I do is apparently train and watch wrestling, um, my go-to drink was like vodka and Red Bull or vodka Red Bull with Gatorade because I convinced myself that somehow it would help my hangover the next day. And it didn't, um, but I'd be like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a semi sport drink cocktail. Not a bad way to go. Vodka and Gatorade. Mm -hmm. With tons oh. of ice. Yeah. I guess. I mean, at least then yeah. you get some water content out of that. Mm -hmm. Well, if you want good content out of us, here we are. It's Fightful Overbooked. YouTube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. King of the Segway over here. And while you're here, you toss us a thumbs up on this video. Agree with us, don't agree with us, eh, I don't care. You know what? Just go ahead and engage with it. Leave us a comment if you want. And like I said, subscribe to the channel here. Five Flow Overbooked. We're over 13,000 strong. I want to get us to 75,000. I want to overtake Sean Ross Sapp and the, the main Fightful channel. That's what I want to do here at Fightful Overbooked, along with our friends who create content and that we drop every single day. Our overbooked is available to you. Go ahead. There's a link in the, uh, the description of the video, tongue tie today, and you can join us there. And you can send us your super chats. We're fully self-sufficient. Guess what? We uh, we do this because of folks like you who tune in and watch and hang out with us. Lily, I guess we got to get right to the crux of the situation. But where do we want to start? Because uh, there, there's so much. We, we We can start locally or we can go to Vegas. You want to do you want to hit the slots or do you want to talk about some local stuff? V for Vegas. Let's get it out of the way. Let's do our double or nothing um, rap content and uh, discuss right. discuss the pros and cons and what we thought and all that good stuff. Five and hours, 40 minutes from buy in to off the air. Didn't even show us the CM Punk FTR post match shenanigans where CM Punk said nice things. How do we feel after a nearly six-hour event for AEW Double or Nothing? I'm still exhausted from it, emotionally, physically. Um, I mean, I've watched quite a few pay-per-views from AEW now over the three short years that they've even been an organization. Um, and <clears throat> I'd have to say this one probably ranks somewhere near the bottom of the middle for me in terms of... Um, 
how I would rate it or how much I liked it. And I think it mainly was due to just being an overbooked mess. Um, I know that some reports um, might not be true. We're saying that Tony did purchase this extra hour of airtime specifically so Martha could say whatever she wanted. Um, and, and I get that. I, I totally understand the importance of all that. But I think that adding that extra hour to an already average four hour runtime is just such a huge commitment to anyone. And um, going into that last main event with uh, Hanger and Punk, the crowd was going buck. Um, and I was shocked. Like, I was surprised that they were because, I mean, that was a long show. And to, you know, have a couple of drinks in you and to, you know, stay stay that, um, like, on it um, is a lot. And, and there were amazing matches throughout. I'm not going to, you yeah. know, sit here and be all pedantic about, like, botches and this and that. Because um, that's not really the style of the show anyway. I just think it was overbooked. And I think that a lot of things could have been done on the other products. And some things took a little bit too long, but we can get into that. Like, like you said, we're not going to do like a match for match kind of thing, but we'll, we'll have more of a, a discussion. Yeah. It's a general conversation. And I think that you and I are doing a pretty good job when we do the show of not focusing on talking about every match, but maybe talking about the ones that stood out to us or for, for better or for worse and what worked for us. I see in the chat and I see the general conversation about the length of pay-per-views and everyone talks it away with, Oh, AEW has four to five pay-per-views a year. Therefore, they can get away with it. Well, I'm going to tell you guys a little story about once upon a time when the World Wrestling Federation also only ran four to five pay-per-views a year and kept it around three hours. And that was okay. And for some people, mm -hmm. maybe three hours was too long. That's fine. But I really wish we would get rid of the whole four, four times a year means you can go for six hours. No, you can pack an incredible pay-per-view with very important matches into a three and a half hour show. And for people saying, even now, WWE goes over time. They, they don't go six hours. They don't go five hours, even four hours, unless it's WrestleMania or maybe one of their bigger major pay-per-views if it's a SummerSlam. And I'm, this, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know, oh, WWE does it better. It's definitely not about that. But I think that the when the comparison sits, the timing, it's a long-ass time to sit and watch a show. A lot of ebb and flow. The first hour of Double or Nothing didn't exactly do it for me. Um, there were times where I was just kind of tuned out. I didn't mm -hmm. want to, I was just like, okay, is this what the night's going to be like? Um, opening match with Wardlow and MJF. I mean, we were all wondering what was going to happen. We were all wondering where uh, where MJF would stand, if he would stand at all, if he'd show up, obviously did. And we find out so much more information about how that's played out or has it played out. Uh, Fightful Select has all the details. Sean Ross has been absolutely on top of it, as he is when it comes to this stuff, um, keeping us abreast of, of what's going on and what isn't going on. But um, MJF shows up, match is okay. It's, again, the match, there was so much more potential for this match between Wardlow and MJF, in my opinion, but because of the extenuating circumstances with MJF and the way things were playing out, we ended up getting um, a, what must have been a truncated match that was very one-sided and ended with MJF getting a stretcher job and getting oxygen put to his nose and eyes and stretchered out of the building. So... I don't know if you want to go start there. If you want to talk about the times, if you want to talk about Wardlow MJF, what do you want to? Where do you want to start here? Um, I mean, I can talk about both those things, and um, 
the the MJF situation to me, like he's one of the only wrestlers now that, you know, is in kayfabe almost hundred percent of the time. Um, so I do keep that in mind. However, you know, now more details are coming out and it's been no secret that, you know, Max as a human being, you know, has wanted some change for himself as a performer at that company. Um, and what I kind of wanted to see was him not coming out physically and maybe on video or maybe sending out Tony Khan to uh, sign him, sign Wardlow as all elite. I think the biggest, most important thing from that match was that we finally got Wardlow on the roster officially. That was so long overdue. Yeah. Um, I, um, I kind of saw that coming. I thought that this was kind of going to be like a half work, not work to get Wardlow signed. I thought that they were going to maybe do like a video of him backstage or elsewhere, like at another like game or another city. Um, but like you said, the first kind of half, of double or nothing just kind of had this um this strange kind of like wave to it it was almost like when you're watching um a heart rate monitor in a hospital it was like it had a lot of oh, ups yeah. and downs and and, yeah. and and that's not what i would want like as a producer of an event you'd want it to be constantly going up and up and up till you have your main event and then the blowout like that's kind of what you aim for with these events and um now that you know things are opening in Ontario and you can go to local events as well. Those events, they run six to eight matches tops. And that's like with an intervention, uh, intervention with an intermission. The um, intervention is what happens backstage before the show begins. Potentially, allegedly. Yeah. Mm, of course. Depending on the promotion. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I, I hear what you're saying. And I agree with you to a certain, to a certain point. Absolutely. Some of the matches and I see it in the chat, they're talking about some of the matches that, maybe didn't need to be on the card. I I think a lot of the matches were important to a certain degree, but some of them were a lot, were announced so last minute that it just it could have been like you said the main event on another show, on another mm -hmm. product. The six-man tag with House of Black and Death Triangle, I get that that was put on hold, moved around, shifted a bunch because of some injuries and because of Pack going back and forth between the UK and the US. And also the Julia Hart thing, we talked about it as well. That wasn't long-term storytelling, that was just stalling for the sake of stalling that was a match and a and a blow off with julia hart that probably could have shown its face on a dynamite um i really liked the the goth kids match as i called it um but but i also think that yeah the, we've been talking about this for weeks specifically with this plot line with the death triangle what were they waiting for to pull the trigger and you know um, the payoff for Julia, I think, is cool. Like, I, she's essentially like female Malahi. Um, and now people are already making comparisons to Alexa Bliss, which is so cursed, in my opinion. Uh, um, but it took way too long. And it's kind of, you know, given like reverse creative blue balls where you're just kind of like, oh, like we knew this was coming. We knew this was coming for so long. So now we're kind of trying to look at the long term and be like, okay, is now she's just going to kind of be going to be a lackey or what? Yeah, and that's a good question. I that's what I want to know. What is <laughs> Julia Hart's role now in House of Black? Especially as House of Black is barely its own role in itself. Um, they they you know kind of took over the Cody verse. They are now in their own their own little world each time they're only they're only going against the same people but now if they branch out they start looking towards other actual aw talent to face off against it could be a much bigger deal but it just 
again, didn't feel like a pay-per-view match to me. Or if it did, it could have been on the buy-in. It could have been an opening contest. Mm -hmm. You had one match on the buy-in and the rest was just video packages for everything else. Another match could have tossed on a main event of Dynamite, Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen. You needed to get Darby Allen on your pay-per-view so bad because he's the draw for you guys. I get it. But that could have been the main event of a Rampage or a Dynamite. Did not need to happen. Or it could have been on... No, you know what? Don't even need it on the buy-in. Just could have been on a on a main event on Dynamite or Rampage. Uh, I'll give you one more. And that is the TBS Championship match. Again, I understand Jade Cargill is a star and people want to see Jade Cargill. And she is great. I felt bad for everyone involved in that. It was like, I actually really want to talk about this match and I'll let you finish, but oh my goodness. So we will talk about it. So the the match was used as a conduit to introduce Stokely Hathaway and Athena. Now, again, cool, great, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Welcome to them both. But you really just had this overbooked mess of a match that had absolutely no build and no reason other than the one week that they set it up. It, it, It is the namesake of our channel. It was overbooked. And it did nothing for me other than to introduce some new talent. That's why when they didn't put it on the buy the, on the buy-in, I sat there and said, "Ugh, they're going to do something with the debut of somebody here." It, and of course, that's what happened. So let's talk about Jade and Anna Jay. Uh, talk about the match. What did you think? Um, I think this was probably the worst match of the evening, unfortunately. Um, and I think that when it comes to, you know, best and worst, it's obviously super subjective. But um, when I say it's the worst, I just mean from a storytelling standpoint, from um, from execution and from a booking standpoint as well. I mean, you just had so many cooks in the kitchen here um, as well. Um, I know both the women involved in this uh, match are quite green, but you can tell that Jade has a lot more physicality and control over her body than uh, Anna Jay does. And you could really see a lot of uh, floundering on a lot of the spots because I think that now a lot of the women are uh, trading with Danielson and Regal and, and, you know, just doing their own thing. And they want to get those bigger spots. They want to get those bigger moments. But sometimes it's not worth it if you can't 100% like for sure know that you're going to pull it off. Like even myself, we'll be doing a drill in class where you're running the rope and it's going to be a drop down uh, leapfrog situation. I can't do a leapfrog yet. So I'll just do a clothesline instead. And those are like decisions that can really um, make or break a match. So, um, and then bringing in the baddie section, bringing in Stokely, bringing in Athena, just kind of like devalued everyone. Cause it was just all jammed into such a short period of time. Whereas if you did this on one of the other products, I think it would have been way, it would have more room to breathe. You could have done it over maybe two weeks with different people, teased a little bit on promos, on the internet, things like that. But uh, yeah, Fightful Overbooked says this was an overbooked mess. It was very sports entertainment-y, and there is room for that in AEW. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Anarchy in the Arena is perfect representation of sports entertainment-y. Of course, it's supposed to be because that's Jericho Appreciation Society. But when you get to Anna Jane J. Cargill, it was absolutely a match that could have been elsewhere. And I see mm-hmm. you know, other people asking in the chat, how would you have debuted Stokely and Athena? There probably was a better way. I don't know what it is. I'm not a, I'm not in creative and I don't have the brain for it, the brain power for it right this minute. But I again, I understand why they did it at double or nothing and why they didn't just have the match elsewhere. They They could have. They could have tossed it on a It's a big deal. It's a big deal, but I would have liked to see kind of everyone get their own moment to shine instead of just all been thrown in this match. I think Stokely kind of taking the place uh, from managing 
uh, Jade could be an interesting plot point. And I think that he's going to add a lot of value to um, not even just the women's division, but just AEW because uh, he's such a great personality and performer. But um, I think that the, the TBS championship was essentially made for Jade at, at, at this point in time. And she's done a damn good job, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, representing it and defending it. But, you know, as they're saying, eventually someone's going to have to take it off her and they've already thrown the entire division at her. So this just kind of seems like a lazy programming to me at this point. Should have been Penelope Ford, man. I'm telling you. Where is she? I hope she's okay. I do too. Um, I just, I'm not sick of Jade yet. I think I, I said this. Oh, to me neither. I love Sunday. Jade. I, I know, and I, I'm I'm putting out putting this out there. I said to Kate on Sunday because she was saying she was getting kind of sick of Jade. I'm not because I think that the batty section renewed Jade Cargill and it mm-hmm. renewed the run. I enjoyed that. They could have absolutely. So there you go. Demon Diva has it. You know, she could have cut a promo in the ring about having no one and then have the have them debut. You know, have mm-hmm. everyone come out then. You just could have done nothing. You know, you just could have had him not. Dave it was very paper. circus. It was very like RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, no, coming to you the know, runway, you know, like, you, you know need to what it do was? something. You know what it was more than anything else? It was, and I'm sorry if this feels like I'm shitting on Tony Khan. It's not that, but it's become the norm where every AEW pay-per-view has to focus on at least two new debuts, maybe three, to give them the graphic and pop the socials. And you'll see that. Like, there is running proof of that. This isn't me being like Mr. Johnny shitface, but like, yeah, exactly. They say me being Mr. Nerd. No, this is me saying you can go back and look at every single pay-per-view and it's the same thing. He tries to get three debuts, at least three debuts on the pay-per-views. Don't need it. Focus on what you got. Focus on the people you have. You can keep building your roster by all means, but like, they're bringing them in in high profile positions to make them, you know, here's an example. Ruby Soho is the mm. perfect example. Ruby Soho has come in. She had a, a debut that was overshadowed by Danielson and Cole later that yep. night. And even Minoru Suzuki being on the card that night. All those things happened on one pay-per-view. Ruby mm-hmm. Soho, ever since then, main event to Grand Slam did not capture the AW Women's Championship. And since then, wasn't prominently featured in any way going into what would be the run that got her to the uh, end of the women's Owen Hart tournament. And one creative decision, you know, even in my head as we're discussing this is like, what if Athena was the person who ended up going against Jade um, and taking the TBS title? That could have been interesting as well, because we know that she's dropping probably after her 50th, or maybe they're going to do some WWE kind of thing and give her a hundred wins or something. I don't know. Um, I think Jade is a perfect champion, but um, that match just was so out of place. And, um, you know, as a performer, as an artist, you're not going to always strike 100, whether an athlete, a wrestler, painter, yada, yada. And both women were just off. And I don't blame them entirely. It's also the um, the booking and uh, just a lot of things that kind of worked against them, I think. Let's talk about something we did enjoy. On the yes. women's side, especially Serena oh. Deeb and Thunder Rosa. I know you were really enjoying that match on socials. I want <laughs> to bring it up because you have a little bit more of the um, the the move set in your brain, seeing how it was put together. I want to hear your thoughts about that and also just the match overall because I, like you, really did enjoy that match. 
Yeah. And I mean, it's no secret that, you know, the general consensus for Thunder's title reign has been, you know, not negative, but kind of like, wah, wah, you know, but this kind of was a great return to form, I think, for Thunder. Um, you know, I like to time matches because I'm a nerd, but also because I wrestle myself. And this match went uh, just shy of 15 minutes. Um, and to put together a match that's that long and to, you know, have that cardio up for that long is incredible. And the style of wrestling that these women were, um, you know, using was mostly just classic old school Greco-Roman wrestling with a little bit of lucha, a little bit of strong style, a little bit of grappling, um, even some judo stuff tied in there. It was beautiful. Um, and the story that they were telling, you know, was, you know, each of them trying to get one up on each other and they couldn't do it. Um, and they kind of just had to beat each other into submission until the other person won. And I, I'm obviously glad with the results. Um, even if Serena took it, I would have been happy with that result as well, to be honest with you. Um, I just think both those women are forces to be reckoned with. And I hope that, um, they're able to kind of get that shine and it proves that women can go longer than like a three to eight minute, like squash comedy match. Right. I want to see some more serious wrestling from women, uh, this year, because it's not just those two can do it. A lot of them can too. And a lot of people shit on Brett Baker, but she's improved quite a bit. And I don't know anyone else who um, does promo like her and who will just kind of say yes to anything. She's, you know, been thrown in dumpsters and broken bones for fans. So that kind of puts you ahead of a lot of people. Um, and obviously I was not happy with um, the Owen Cup at all, like from start to finish. I thought it was just kind of um, very lackluster. Um, and almost like forced it felt a little bit forced and like you said it was very short I feel like it could have like brought in people from other divisions just to kind of honor different styles and different promotions um, I thought you know the match itself was so frustrating because I even tweeted it I was like please don't do a surprise roll up and that's what happens um, that's how you win this you know prestigious belt with with a surprise roll up it was this was the only way that it was okay for me when they did things like that. It was very Brett and or Owen finish like um, there was a lot of paying homage to, to both men throughout the entire night. Even the main event was like that. And we'll talk about punk and hangman in, in its entirety in a minute. But um, yeah, like the, the men's match had a run in as well. Another overbooked type of thing. Uh, we have Bobby fish saunter his way down the ring and Adam yep. Cole defeats Mimosa Joe, Ragosa Joe, Samosa Joe, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joel. Samoa Joel. Thank you. I actually have the, I don't have it, but um, there was the show, the shirt that he had in WWE that just said Joe, Joe, Joe. And I was going to get duct tape and just put L's on the end of them. Oh, please. I didn't. I should have. Maybe I'll find them. I mean, I'll find one of them do it. But anyway, uh, Adam Cole wins the Owen Hart men's tournament. His partner, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD wins the women's tournament final. Uh, uh, listen, a story of both men and women wearing the exact same colored gear, which I found hilarious. And of course, the person who's wearing the it was very black spoiler hat. alert, though. I was like, oh, was. So they're both gonna win. Cool. Yeah, I don't know why. I okay. So going into it, I thought that Ruby was gonna win. I did think that Ruby Soho was going to win, and I thought that the whole like overarching tale was the people who debuted at all out 2021 are getting their moments with these Owen mm. Hart tournament cups. Uh, not 
to be, it turns out that no, Britt Baker won. A lot of people didn't love the outcome. A lot of people didn't love the outcome of Statlander versus Soho the night before, or two nights earlier, I should say, at Rampage. That was a whole other can of worms. But uh, Britt Baker won, for better or for worse. Adam Cole won, for better or for worse. Adam Cole winning actually makes sense. And now I want Adam Mm -hmm. Cole to never hold a legitimate AEW title. I just want him to hold all of the titles that never get like defended on main TV. So he's been the BTE champion and he's been now this Owen Hart uh, tournament champion where they give him a belt that he doesn't actually defend until maybe next year. But the point being, he like gets these belts that he doesn't actually have to defend. He just, he has them and they're never on TV with him. But anyway, I like that. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Owen Hart foundation tournament? We talked a little bit about Martha Hart. She had a lot to say after that, but I guess rightfully so. She was very, um, very uh, emotional with her words and very, very thoughtful. I liked it. I also liked the little fascinator she was wearing on her head. So, oh, she looked uh, fabulous. She looked she like she was going to, um, what's that, like very the famous? Kentucky horse. Derby. The Kentucky Derby. I was giving Kentucky <laughs> Derby. <laughs> And at the end, when she's like, I hope next year everyone wears a fancy hat. And then they cut to the announcers. And they're like, JR, it looks like you got to start on next year's Owen. I was like, this is so stupid. I love it. And Go God ahead. bless Talk JR. God bless JR for staying awake. Because even myself, I was, I was, you know, like, I don't know how he does it. I do not know how he does it. He, he, uh, he hit up the buffet earlier at the MGM. He had a nice nap and then came to the arena. He probably sauntered in around like, 3 45 p.m probably walked in with mjf and then they went separate ways and jr was like no i'm gonna go get ready for my show and mjf was like fuck off (laughs) back to the entire tournament you know you have this wrestler with such a legacy with so much history behind it and um you know, then even later, we're talking about the best of the super juniors. That's another type of bracket tournament that has a lot of history and legacy for completely different reasons. But what I personally would have liked to have seen from this tournament would have been different kind of qualifications to win uh, the tournaments. Like maybe you have to do it by submission or you have to like use one of Brett's signature moves to win something like that as well. I would have liked to see a little bit more of historical context um to the belt and to the to the entire family um you know the packages were lovely but it it was more about AEW and not about him not about his legacy and not about the past not about the tragedy and the fallout and everything um and yes everyone sorry I I I I do want to I will cut you off for this I don't think drawing attention to how he passed and the controversies that followed Mm. I don't think that would have done anyone any good. Um, but I do think that celebrating his life and the idea of maybe um, the, the, some of the, the people did incorporate Owen into their matches and Owen spots. So, Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. But, and, but I, I I didn't mean, I, and I didn't mean like showcasing like, like what happened to him. I just mean everything that's happened to that family and yet they've preserved, like, you know, come gotcha. out on top okay. and, and, yep. um, but cause I totally see where you're coming from too. You don't want to kind of, romanticize his death and kind of make it seem um, like like uh, cartoonish and grotesque kind of uh, in any way. Right. But I just wasn't too pleased with how it was presented and it kind of came out of nowhere too. However, um, the payoff at the end um, does make sense. I'm not happy with it 
but story story wise, it totally makes sense. And I think that um, the belts themselves are absolutely beautiful, especially yeah. when you know the historical context, um, like where they kind of took the original belt from. Um, so as much as I, Lily, was not a huge fan of this tournament, I think it's super important. Um, and I think that I understand why a lot of people are, you know, pissed off at Britt Baker winning. Everyone's comparing her to Charlotte Flair. I don't personally agree with that. Um, cause she hasn't really, you know, she doesn't have that family connection. She doesn't really have the same oomph behind her, uh, her last name, but I understand why people are pissed off, but it, it, it makes sense in the grand scheme of things. And you always have to think like a carny. You always have to think like a booker in these situations and not just caught up, get caught up in your own personal fandom. Cause I, I do that too, where I'm just like, oh, if I actually think more like Tony or if I think more like a booker then I can kind of see maybe where things are going a little bit more. Right. And I, and that's, that's the biggest part of wrestling fandom. It's you're going to like who you like, you're going to cheer on mm -hmm. the people you want to cheer on and you're going to want to see more of them. And unfortunately you don't always get to have the same point of view as the person who runs the show mm -hmm. just because you love, I don't know, uh, just because you love Ruby Soho going back to that doesn't mean that Ruby is the choice long-term to win that tournament Maybe there are plans to put Britt Baker and Adam Cole on screen together more. Maybe there is a jealousy angle that will, you know, stem from Britt Baker. Uh, and Ruby's dating Jake something. So maybe Jake something will come in. Who knows? Oh, actually, that's a great idea. Why not do a mixed tag? That's a great idea. Do Jake okay, something and Ruby. I mean, they, they're not together anymore, but... Uh, oh, they're they not. Once, okay, no, they, they, they broke uh -huh. up a, a while ago. But if they're still friends, Jake Something has done stuff on Dark. Maybe if they can, uh, if they want to do something. Anyway, the point is, there are moments to work with. And mm -hmm. um, we're going to find out, starting on Wednesday, if and what they're going to do with Britt Baker and Adam Cole having the uh, Owen Hart Foundation tournament under their belts. And one thing I will say is, you know, me and you have complained at length about Sammy and, you know, Lambert and all that, but I really did kind of like this telenovela kind of reveal that they did at Double or Nothing. And the way that I kind of look at wrestling pay-per-views especially is it's almost, it's almost like a season wrap because to your point now, it's like a new season of Rampage. It's a new season of Dynamite. It's a new season of Dark because all these new things are just happening. Titles are changing hands. Alliances are changing new factions are being made people are turning into you know demons that spit black charcoal water at people there's all types of stuff happening and double or nothing and all these pay-per-views is where everything happens um and whether you like it or not kind of isn't like is kind of irrelevant in a way because it kind of sets up not just that story but so many other stories for the rest of the year as well i still would have put that six person tag on an episode of dynamite Oh, for sure. And um, I mean, we still have to talk about anarchy in the arena because I had um, like sexual dreams about Eddie Kingston with a gas can. In now, his was, he lighting, shirt. was he lighting you on fire or somebody else no. in effigy? Okay. No, we both were like kind of tag teaming that. Well, that sounds really bad. But um, yeah, it was a good dream. And Eddie Kingston is incredible. He's a legend. And someone tweeted it and uh, maybe we can find it, but they were saying it was essentially, God damn, what a, what a pay-per-view run Eddie's had. And it was all the pay-per-view events that he's been on throughout the, the ages being three years. And by God, look, he he's, he's faced everyone. And even the work he most recently did in new Japan in the States in uh, DC, 
he's just an incredible performer. Um, and he continues to kind of cement himself, not as like a main event star, but as kind of like a legend. Um, and I, and I love that. And I thought, Oh God, um, this is going to be a calamity when that uh, match started. And it was, it was a total yep. calamity. Um, but like from a production standpoint and how it all got uh, pieced together, it made way more sense than stadium stampede. But I still agree with you. And you said it last week, it would have made way more sense to just cut to it throughout the event, almost on like a cam in one of the top corners. It would have been so much and now more back to Eddie fun. Kingston. Like, it, oh my it, God. Think- it just, just something like we understand that da, 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 is happening in the back. And it would, but at the same time, like Anarchy in the Arena was so much fun in its own stupid way. I loved yeah. it. Um, I still, again, I just messed it up. They, yeah, they, I, I, I hate that this is true because I talked about this at length on other platforms. The, the basketball game seven between the Heat and the Celtics that created this weird, like, Tony was hyper fixated on this game seven thing. And then after the game ended, you know, double or nothing in the final hour, they, they finally, they did the thing The from the Thunder Rosa match to the end, they made it a sprint. They had a good time. It was great. Uh, but what was so frustrating was going into the show. I'm sitting there and I'm like, the basketball game is on free TV. Why does he care? Your pay-per-view is being paid for $50 American by your by your fan base and by people you're trying to sell your product to these people are bought in they're going to be there and also this isn't like old school pay-per-view where you only get the one viewing and then there's no you know there's no uh uh there's no second showing there's no no, like there's no replay this isn't like you know viewer's choice back in 99 where you paid 50 dollars for the live show but the replay was on tuesday for for half price we have to We're record it on another TV with another uh, camcorder or something to get it yeah. on tape. Like, people are going, people can go to fight and order the paper. We watch it later. They, people can do whatever the hell they want, but it I'm going to watch matter. Anarchy in the Arena again. That was probably the, the only match that I, I would rewatch from that whole thing. But you didn't need to be watching either or. You can also no. double screen it. I got three screens sitting in front of me at any given time mm-hmm. here. I could be sitting and watching the game. I could be sitting and watching UFC. I could sit and watch whatever whatever i'm watching it just didn't make sense for them to have to do so much time killing just to what just because of basketball mm-hmm. didn't it didn't make sense to me and that's another reason why just going five and a half hours was just overkill to me um, and the buy-in, it's, the buy-in itself was 90 percent packages and then like a two-minute squash match and it was fun yeah. like i wasn't i wasn't mad at it but like <clears throat> it just kind of seemed like another waste of like tv time yeah and I, you know, I, I see our friend Chris saying, like, if you if you're like me, you went to the movie theater, leaving and finishing later isn't an option. Well, you know, leaving and finishing later, and I'm not going to do this. I'm not doing that bit. Anyway, the point is, I hope you actually had fun at the movie theater because I do hear it's yeah, it was probably pretty cool to see it with like a crowd that obviously likes AEW as well. You got some snacks. Can maybe step outside for a little, not cigarette. Oh, buddy, I loved going to pay per views when I was a 13 year old kid, and WWF put on like the Royal Rumble 2000 live oh, at Famous Players. Yeah, I, I went to that. And it was like the first time they did it. It was Do you rocking. have photos of that? Like of you I, and your friends? I was a kid. Oh, no, I was 13. We didn't have smartphones, right? But uh, I, I'm old. Disposable uh, cameras, bro. We used to take disposable cameras and stuff. Into the theaters? 
Uh, sometimes, like, because we used to, like, go to, I remember seeing, like, the premiere of, like, Charlie's Angels and all kinds of stuff. But I digress. Back to wrestling. Uh, what was on screen three? So, hold on. I'm just going to answer this question. I have two monitors that are in landscape and one in portrait. The one that's in portrait normally has my Discord or my Twitter, whatever it is. Like, right now, it's my Twitter. And then in front of me is our StreamYard. And then here is actually an open space. Normally, it would be whatever's live on TV here. Twitter here and then Discord here. So Smart. there you go. That's, and I gotta that's I, I gotta address a comment too where you know um you might not agree with this, but I do. I think that TK met with Dana White, which he did, and he was like, he says he Ooh, did. I got I, I gotta treat this like a, a UFC thing. And UFCs are like so notorious, especially now for all this fluff and muff and package, 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 and you don't even get the main event till sometimes twelve, like midnight um yeah and and that's very boxing mma and i do not want to see wrestling become that like i'm okay with like real fighting being like that but i'm not okay with wrestling and pro wrestling being like that like let's please keep differently yeah yeah exactly well i'm gonna i'm gonna add to this when he was pushed on it he then gave you a 20 minute diatribe as to why he was right and why you as a media member were wrong in saying the show was too long. That's the problem that I sometimes have with Tony is that he sit there and say, I listen to everything. I listen to all the feedback. And then the second you give him the feedback, he'll push back and tell you with analytical response why this was right. And sometimes numbers aren't the thing that drive your business. Yeah, numbers aren't everything. Like, oh my goodness. And it's funny because we did a whole paper, a whole podcast about fan service. Um, it's just, it's very strange. The pay-per-view didn't need to be that long. Uh, let's let's talk about the main event. Let's talk yes. about CM Punk and Hangman Adam Page. We have a new champion. His name is uh, Charles Montgomery Punk. Pepsi Man. Cowboy Man Punk. He came out on the horse with the te- no, sorry, he didn't. Um, so, so CM Punk is a new champion. There you go. Got got your cowboy man shirt on right there. And uh, CM Punk is a new AW champion, leading them into LA this this Wednesday, where a bunch of Warner execs are supposedly going to be there. Uh, <sighs> and that's part of the business. There you go. Punk is a champion. Let me know your thoughts. I know you're not gonna love everything about it. Um, I understand it. I didn't, th- I, I mean, it was kind of like the thunder deep situation. We're going into this. My prediction was pretty 50, 50. Um, I didn't, I honestly did not know how this one would go because there has been kind of whisperings and hints at punk going full shit heel for a while. So I guess this is kind of the culmination of that. Um, and I think a lot of people, um, especially people who might have like AEW blinders on, i.e. just watch more AEW than anything else, tend to forget that um, Hangman Adam Page is in Bullet Club. And he banged in Japan for so long. And you can really see that in his matches. He's a hard hitter. His cardio is incredible. His, he can do aerial stuff. He can do groundwork. He's not a really like, submission-y guy, but he's just a hard-hitting, flippy guy. And Punk, on the other hand... I don't really, I guess he's like, um, like a striker or a brawler type wrestler. Um, but his cardio is like absolutely nowhere near any of the other wrestlers on the roster. Um, and one thing that I tend to see in all of CM Punk's matches in AEW is that like, he's the star and like everyone else has to kind of like carry him a bit, like physically. And I don't like that because I want like the heel or the star to be believable. And 
CM Punk is undoubtedly probably one of the best promo microphone artists to in the business, period. Okay. But I think that his ego gets in the way a lot. Um, especially when you have your his ego and you compare it to what he does in the ring, because even though the outcome of that match was that CM Punk is the champion in my heart, it's still Hangman because he truly is like what represents the champion in AW a lot more. I'm hoping that this is the beginning of a story where um, Punk does start a turn. I'm hoping that there is something with Hangman Adam Page saying, I was right the entire time. This guy is a giant piece of shit. And I want my title back. I raised the idea this past week before Double or Nothing about Punk winning the title, holding it until winter is coming, basically having the literal summer of Punk, and then at winter is coming, dropping the title back to Hangman Adam Page. And the big story being that Page the entire time is building himself back up. And So he's Roman Reigns now? So now it's just like the CM Punk show? Winter is coming isn't that far away. Winter is coming is usually in early December. So it would be what May until it's a six month title, right? That's nothing, nothing more than anyone else has done before. No, I know, but I just, it's like, it's, obviously, it's, you know what? It's, it's the same length as when Jinder Mahal was the WWE champion. <laughs> and it's not, it's not even the length that I'm like, even upset about is, it's just that, you know, CM Punk's expensive. CM Punk puts butts in seats. CM Punk sells merch. We all get it. It's it's you know what it feels like to me, Joel. It feels like, you know, Sammy and Tay having to make out. It's like we get it. You have sex, and it's it's, it's the same thing with CM Punk. It's like we get it. You're the best in the world. We get it. We get it. We get it. You know, like I want to yeah. see another angle to him because he is great. Like I, I, I even uh, did a movie review for my old website, StrangeComforts.com, uh, about him in horror movies he should be doing more acting he could be doing so much other stuff other than just acting like a like a dick in in wrestling um and i'm sure he's like a lovely guy i mean he had his larry hoodie on i love his dog so much um but so I'm, does he. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit bored i'm a little bit bored okay that's totally understandable i i hear what you're saying i liked yeah. the i like the build of getting punk a bunch of wins a bunch of important wins to get to the title shot uh and that that was good enough to get me to punk and hangman uh mm. the build the build had its moments hangman having a banger match with Takeshita really cemented the fact that these two guys were going to put on a great show for me because remember up until that point hangman wasn't really doing as much as punk was in the ring so the build was a little bit one-sided in terms of showing off your your athletic potential uh and we, we we've talked at length about hangman's actual run and the matches he's had being great um mm. and then maybe this this was a little too early to take the title off him but who knows the, again they could turn around and just surprise us all and put the title back on hangman this wednesday or something and and he's the best promo in the game so i mean it makes sense to you know <laughs> give it to him at least for a little bit and i'm actually so glad that tony and the bookers at aw at least give talent a little bit of time with the belts whereas in wwe there's so much belt changing and title changing a lot more frequently maybe not as much now um but there's been you know title changes in one night where it changes two times there's or or a week or a month or a couple of weeks and i think that really devalues not only the performers but the belts 
So this is one thing that they do really well with the AEW world title. And they've done it well with other titles in AEW as well. They, and I brought this up again with you before the idea of the title, making the person, the person making the title. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll just go back to, let's just say Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega made the title for hangman page. The title made hangman page. Hangman page is now transferring it to CM Punk who is going to make the title again. That's how I view it because Punk is such a big name. He is going to build that title's, uh, I want Eddie to take it. I want Eddie to be champion. Sure. It could be Eddie Kingston. You put him in a fire grouping of matches to get him to that point where he is under, like undeniably ready for that spot. There Mm -hmm. seems to be this thing with Eddie where everybody loves him and I understand it, but there's always, there's just like this one thing that you're just, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop with Eddie Kingston. Yeah. I agree with that. That and, and it's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that's like the reason he can't have a job because he clearly has a job and does a very good job. It's like when you're watching a movie and you just want that little like part of the narrative to just. You're waiting click. for something. Yeah. yeah, you're waiting for something. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get to a couple of super chats. Biz D saying CM Punk more like Seymour Madcap Moss. Yes, please. Are you gonna put up the overlay? Do we still have that? Do we still have that? What do you think I am? Do we still? And have he's that? coming back. We manifested it, Joel. Return of the King. Oh, look at those thighs, those meaty, meaty thighs, and those the man can do traps. The guy knows. No, we don't. Countdown is on, baby. Mm -hmm. Which which belt is that? Intercontinental, right? That's the Intercontinental Championship. Mm -hmm. We're doing that. Uh, Let's get some more super chats. Eric Freed's M&Ms are Smarties. Is it odd if you like Smarties but like Mad Cat Moss? Are you an M&Ms person or a Smarties person? Um, it's funny. Smarties in the States is something different. So American viewers are going to be confused. They're called Smarties. rockets here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm such a, I'm such a stoner. This is so hard to decide. It depends on what M&M it is, but usually I would probably go for the Smartie just cause they look cool. Peanut M&Ms all day long. Please. And thank you. Oh yeah. Peanut are great. I don't like yeah. the almond ones at all. No, I, I want no. to be able to just crunch, not like munch on them. That's yeah, that's my it's too much. You need that that balance, you know. Exactly. Chat. What are you? M and M's or Smarties or Rockets or what do you like? And M's. Uh, and M's. M's in the chat for Mad Cat Moss and M and M's. Music and Moon Souls are pal Chris saying I expected Punk to win, but they did Hangman dirty from all the from the build all the way through to the booking of the match. And and to a certain degree, I agree. And we just kind of talked about it. There was great promos on both sides. Uh, Punk won a bunch of matches and that looked good, but Hangman needed more statement wins than just the one against Takeshita. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. Going into the match, again, other defenses, other matches he had, Hangman did great, but in the Punk sphere, there there needed to be a little bit more. And the booking the of the only, match was a little strange. The only thing I would disagree with that Super Chat is saying all the way through. I think some mm-hmm. of the way was like, okay, but I agree that the build was pretty dog poo-poo, if you ask me, and I think that um, you know the general consensus would agree with you and me. <laughs> You're the coffee crisp person, Lily, not me. I do like coffee crisp, though. Oh, the best. The absolute best. And you have to, if you can, you have to dip it in coffee or tea. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Eric is pointing out peanut butter chocolate M&M's. Yes. Peanut butter yeah. M&M's oh, are really God. good, too. The caramel ones are, like, crack, too. They are. We got a little bit of time left. Uh, is there anything else from Double or Nothing that you really want to talk about, or have we we killed it all? Um, I think we 
killed it all. I think we had some good discussions just about overbooking, giving builds more time. Um, and if anyone watch, watching um, has any topics from AEW, GCW, New Japan, or WWE, or any other promotion that you think that you would want us to discuss, if there's a certain wrestler that, you know, is kind of coming up right now in a promotion that you want us to discuss, or if there's a, a match that really stuck out to you and you want our opinion, let us know. We, you know, part of being a content creator isn't just us talking crap on here. It's you guys. You guys are why we're here. And we want to, you know, take everything you guys have to say. Well, not everything, but most things you have to say into consideration. So give us some ideas maybe for one of the future shows. I personally want to also start covering a little bit more indie stuff locally. Um, but maybe we can wrap up with talking a little bit about training and the New Japan Super Juniors. Yes. Tell me about it. I want to hear about your training and then we can talk a little bit best best of the super juniors i haven't caught up but i've been kind of trying to keep my my eyes open so talk to me about training what are you doing what are you what are you up to um so last week we officially got our first match um so of course we're still running drills rope running being the most torturous of them all um i suggest everyone try running ropes once it will like totally shatter your life um, but now we're putting together packages and, you know, the, the thing in wrestling is that it's all about communication. Um, and I think that a lot of the older generation wrestlers, um, called it in the ring a lot more and were able to kind of go on the fly. Whereas now, especially, um, if you're learning at like a big school, like nightmare factory or PC, you're kind of learning these predetermined packages and we are doing that as well, but you also kind of have to be on the fly. Um, so now that we're doing that, I'm starting to almost study, um, classic wrestlers. I know this sounds weird, but even Hulk Hogan, cause he used to, he, he actually used to be quite a technical wrestler. Um, and a lot of the stuff that he's doing, uh, or what that he used to do earlier on is kind of the stuff we're working on. Scott Hall, um, is another person I've really been studying because we have some of his moves in our package. Um, uh, Owen is in there. Um, we got some chop, so I've been watching a lot of Japanese wrestling because I think Japanese wrestlers do it better than anyone other than luchas. Um, but I met up with my friend Megan, um, who might be watching, and we just kind of um, called like a little mini package and just practiced it over and over and over again in the blazing sun. And my back is like all screwed up right now because of it. Um, but it's cool to kind of take wrestling to that next level where you're not just like, oh, what do I do? And you're like, yo, let's meet up. Let's make a little package. We'll tell a little story. And um, yeah, and tomorrow's kind of like our first run through of this match. So I am shitting my pants, but also like so excited to get in there because we have such um, like a diverse class of people in terms of like um, like heights and, and uh, body weights and all that kind of stuff. So it's cool to get that experience one week of working with, you know, Megan, who's, you know, um, I don't know, like an average size woman. She's a little bit shorter than me. And then also another classmate who's, you know, 6'4 and like 278. So, you know, when you're doing something like a snap mirror with those two different weight classes, it's it's a little it's a little different. I was going to say, you, yeah, you've been working uh, a few people who are quite a bit larger than you. And you were telling me off the air that you you definitely feel it the next day. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right, is is working like a much bigger opponent is fun and it looks cool. Um, but it's a lot more hard hitting because of that weight distribution. Right. So I can totally understand why um, intergender wrestling, which, by the way, I don't like that term. 
I understand why that is kind of looked down upon on network TV wrestling, because you have to ensure that your performers' bodies are able to perform. And even myself, after working, you know, a 290-pound dude or 270-pound dude, I, I feel like I was if I was in a like a minor car accident the next day. I'm not doing anything other than foam rolling and eating McDonald's, probably. <laughs> McDonald's. That's like my keep, comfort food. Keep, keep that stamina up. That's what McDonald's does, right? <laughs> I do what The Rock does, and I just eat whatever I eat, want, want to eat, and then just train as much as I want to train. Mm, Got to be up. Or as I can train. Clanging and banging. No, no, no. no, I'll be more like Vince, where I'm up at five. That's more. Uh, that's more doable. And that's that's the he's that's uh, up at five after he's already been up since like one a.m. Mm. So there you go. Uh, I would love to bump into him at a gym. Can you imagine? Hi, Lily. How are you? <laughs> what do you mean you can't lift five hundred pounds? Yeah, yeah. Oh my. Oh, my God. oh man, people are talking about this uh, Bray Wyatt Wyndham tweet. Uh, I'll let I'll let other people handle that. He'll be back. Talk to to touch that one. Super Juniors, best of them. We have a final set. Yes. And, and was it one you expected? A and B. We got to talk about uh, some of the standouts from from this entire event. So go ahead. Of course. Tell me. Talk to me. Well, first of all, this if if you're not familiar, Battle of the Super Juniors is kind of like a bracket championship um, in New Japan that's been running, I believe, since the late '80s. Um, and if you go on the Wikipedia and you just look at um, all of the rankings, like some of the more incredible wrestlers throughout the ages have uh, participated. Um, this year, the final bracket has come down to El Desperado, who is a Japanese lucha, and one of my many um, wrestling crushes, respectfully. Uh, <laughs> ho- hopefully I'm not butchering his name, but it's a Hiromo Takahashi. Um, he was incredible this year. Um, what, what event was that? Was that G1? Russell Kingdom, yeah, Russell Kingdom. He was absolutely amazing this year. I love his gear. I love his unique style of wrestling. I love his just unique style in general. Um, And I think that that's going to be an incredible final battle. Um, Other people that made it through in uh, this year, I'm just looking, that's 2021, 2022. We had Alex Zane, Ace Austin, Clark Connors, Hiromo Takahashi, um taji ishimori um who else then in block b you had el desperado al lindeman el fantasmo robbie eagles uh titan tjp and of course AEW superstar wheeler utah who almost made it through to the end with a score of 10 points but did not quite squeak it through it was a tight race at the end i mean you had you you had ties in blocks a and b taji ishimori and humoromo takahashi and yeah. Despi and Phantasma, LP, they were all tied up uh, in their respective blocks going into the final. And now we're getting Takahashi and Despi, like you mentioned. Um, Ace Austin had a great showing. I have to show love to Ace Austin because I do the Impact post show every Thursday on YouTube.com slash Fightful with Cresta Star. So Ace watch Austin, hey, you got to watch it. It's great. Uh, yeah. So Ace Austin had a good showing, very excited to go back and watch some of his matches. Uh, and I'm just looking like he, he just a great showing from him and, uh, showing, yo, the, the former Rapungi 3k, they, uh, they also came out, of course they split up and there was a whole turn, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, there are other two guys who, who had really good showings at, uh, at this best of the super juniors. I got to go back and watch a bunch of matches. I heard that the 
not the finals because those are coming up, but the night before the finals that just happened. And it's on the third, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So the night that yeah. just happened or most recent night was like the best night so far. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try and go back and, and catch some of that. And uh, yeah, if you guys are watching Best of Super Juniors, there is a primer on the uh, Fightful <laughs> Overbook channel where you all can listen to uh, Matt from Shining Wizards and um, Kieran from WrestleIn talking about Best of Super Juniors and other New Japan stuff. I will tell you guys now that tomorrow on the channel, we're going to drop a new podcast. This one is one that Lily is going to love because it is Scott Edwards' Joshi podcast. It's called the Joshi Dreamcast. So we're going to start having a uh, every couple of weeks, Scott's going to do some, uh, some recap and some talk about Joshi wrestling, Japanese women's wrestling, uh, stuff that you do know, stuff that you don't know, stuff you should check out, a little bit of history, a little bit of love. Uh, check it out. That's going to drop tomorrow morning here on Overbooked. I need uh, to weasel my way onto that show. Hey, talk to Scott. He's at Scott E Wrestling on Twitter. Uh, I'll plug him now because it's going to be a good show. I, I've already watched it and I've enjoyed it. He has a, a lot of good insight to these shows. I think the first show that he's talking about is the most recent Stardom show. And awesome. uh, he's, yeah, and he's going to give a little bit of history lesson as well in his first episode. Check that out. Um, I, 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 I'm good if you're good. Yeah, the one thing that I just wanted to talk about the Super Juniors is kind of interesting that I was reading is that uh, Hiromo is one of the only people who's won three times. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if um, it will get taken off him. This is, yeah, this is a great opportunity for him. He almost went three in a row, except mm -hmm. you had Will Ospreay win uh, that one year a few Sorry, years ago. So. No, no, no. It's a, He has won three. He just hasn't won three in a row. Yeah. So this is, he's going for his fourth. It's going to be good stuff. Um, great. That's awesome. I'm excited for that. So there you go. Are we done? Are you ready? Are we going to go home? Um, I'm going to plug a few things, but yeah, Do we're it. ready to go. Uh, just a few shows coming up. I mean, you got Brett Hart coming to Greektown Wrestling June 25th. I think both of us will be at that one. That's um, and there's also a Demand Lucha block party featuring uh, Speedball Mike Bailey and a few other of the GCW Lucha stars that I can't remember. I believe Greco, uh, Greco. Gringo wow. Loco. Gringo Loco is going to be there. <laughs> and um, Jody Threat, some other incredible locals. So that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, I'm done. I'm Lily Z. You can catch me on the internet, usually talking about butts, but mostly wrestling. Um, you can find me at Lily Z. I'm going to have a new website up soon where you can catch all my work from here, all my other personal work, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, stay tuned to me on the internet if you like wrestling and you like memes. Smash Wrestling coming back in August, by the way. I found that out today. Okay. There you go. So get ready for Smash, Smash Wrestling. People want more uh, Lily on Fightful. There you go. If you want more Lily on Fightful, drop comments here. Here at uh, youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. Tell Sean Ross that. Tell us that you want more Lily. And uh, we'll get more Lily on Fightful. How about that? Okay? Ladies here, I'll get my friends. belt in here. Yes, get the get the default title. Yes. This thing's so heavy. The IWGP World Heavyweight Champion version 5. Uh, I am Actual Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.